This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, it's the 31st of January 2024. It's still January. Uh, coming up today, we're going to be talking all about accessible YouTube and more of your feedback. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you, Stephen Scott. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. You know, uh, did you hear this uh, thing about Elon Musk? <laughs> He's in the news again. Can really? you believe it? Uh, what about this time? Is it something great or terrible? Well, depends how you look at it, I suppose. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, Elon Musk, everyone goes, Elon Musk. But actually... Uh, the story's interesting for sure. So Neuralink is one of his companies, one of his many companies. Uh, he's uh, behind it, of course. And they've apparently, so far, managed to achieve the first brain chip implant in a human. Uh, I, I feel like I've heard this story before. Really? Okay. It, like So, hang yeah, on. well, let me tell you the detail here. So what they did was they did it on um, Sunday last week, and uh, the, the first human received the implant on Sunday and is recovering well, according to Elon, uh, in a post he put up on Twitter on Monday. I'm not going to call it X anymore. I'm, just, I'm not calling it X. I like Twitter. Leave me alone. All right. Um, Granddad, so the, <laughs> stuck in your ways. Love him. It's X. Uh, Get used to it. <laughs> this is something I didn't realise. The US Food and Drug Administration had actually given the company the clearance to do this. I thought that was still in flux, but apparently not. So... Um, yeah, last year it was, apparently. They gave the, the, the clearance to go in and, and do this, at least conduct the first trial to test the implants. Musk said, uh, initial results show promising neuron spike detection, mm. um, which is basically uh, essentially using um, you know electrical and chemical signals to send information around the brain. And uh, they're intending this for people who have paralysis. So someone with quadriplegia, for, exa- quadriplegia, for example, or a paralysis of all four limbs, they could therefore use uh, this device, control the devices with their thoughts, and essentially get someone you know, back the function in their, their arms, their legs, uh, whatever they, they need. Which is, I mean, in and of itself, I say that with such hesitance, <laughs> because I think... It just, I, I, I suppose I've grown up with so many years of people saying, the cure for blindness is here. And then you read, you know, oh, well, you know, not really, but, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, well, you it's know, a great the, headline. Yeah. No. Well, it's, it's the classic, right? With the blindness thing, it's always, you know, oh, the person can see a shape or a line. And, and people go, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, there's someone who's totally blind could see a line. And you're like, yeah, not really, though. It's not a functional well, line. No, technically, it's not, that- uh, medically, yes, it's absolutely amazing. But for a practical use daily, how useful is it? Um, yeah, that's debatable. I don't I, know. Look, I, I I stayed quiet throughout that because I take this like you with a huge handful of salt. We've heard it all before. Yes, this is the first human trial. I, I get it. Uh, lovely. Um, Come back to me when it's working perfectly. I, I just, I, I don't want to sound dismissive of this, but like you said, we've heard this for decades. 
that the technology is going to come to the rescue. And I just think we've got to be so careful because I remember when I, when I first started my sight loss journey, Stephen Scott, you are looking for these. Your family are looking for these. Anything, any sort of, I can fix this, this denial, this, you know, there's mm-hmm. something's going to sort this problem out. And the quicker you can get over that, the better. I'm not saying this isn't important work. Research is important. Funding for research is important. But you know what? Let's not raise people's hopes here. I mean, you know, take this with a pinch of salt. Thank you, Elon. I think Let's sometimes, wait and see. The, yeah, but this is maybe the problem. I think with Elon being there, I, I think this is where this is where I'm not of the one true opinion world. You know, I think this is where I'm, you know, I, I, I sense a lot of my friends. And a lot of people in this world today are the kind of people who, you know, if Elon Musk says something bad, then, you know, and I, I think our listeners, some of our listeners might agree with this. You know, if he says something really bad, then we should just never listen to a word he says again on any topic. And we should just denounce everything he does. But I think you have to look past a lot of the nonsense. You have to be able to see the man for the, the what he's doing. He's actually doing a lot of interesting work that is going to benefit humanity. You may not like him. You might not like his politics, but that's entirely separate to the issue, as far as I'm concerned. I don't see the one as being the other. And I hear a lot of this, and I think that's the problem with this. You know, we hear Neuralink, but instantly everyone says, oh, it's Elon Musk. Pfft. Oh, well, look what he did to Twitter. I mean, you know, uh, if it's anything like that, the, the, the brain implant will work. And it's like, yeah, but that's just rubbish. I mean, I, for a start, he's not personally building it. You know, there's teams of scientists behind this, people, serious people who are creating this stuff and they're doing huge amounts of research. Now, is it perfect? No. Is it working yet perfectly? Well, it's too early to say. But I think if this was anybody else at this stage in the development of this kind of thing, I think we'd be saying, well, this is actually pretty impressive. But because it's Elon Musk... Mm. Yeah. People write it off. Well, I just think Elon's got a bit of a track record of promising the world and delivering... um, a small shack. It, it, but hang not- on, no, but hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I, I can't let that go. go on, let look, that go. This guy, but this guy is not, you know, he's trying to do big things. You know, he's trying to, to do massive, I mean, with the rocket stuff, with the SpaceX company, with Tesla. You know, the idea that he could, you know, oh, well, you know, the, the cars weren't delivered on time. Like, boo-hoo. Oh, you've got to wait a couple of months for your car because they haven't built it yet. This car, which, by the way, is at the absolute end of engineering at the moment, you know, the absolute cutting this point you can go at this moment, right? Yes. It's like, you know, you're expecting this to just be available tomorrow. I mean, Apple can only get about 200,000 Vision Pros out the door. Look at the size of their company. So, yes. you know, come on. It, 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 the idea that this is just something, oh, well, we can just turn it around. It's no problem. And, oh, come on. The chip isn't working yet. What are you doing? Sitting in your hands. What did you do yesterday? Would you take a day off? Okay. I was like, come on, come you know. On. All right, calm down. By the way, boo-hoo was probably the most Scottish you've ever sounded. Well done. Um, Thank you. But take Tesla. Yeah, I came wrapped in tartan. Take Tesla, for example, and SpaceX. Amazing successes. And could anyone else but Elon Musk have achieved that in the way? I mean, a lot of people can say, oh, of course, someone else could have done that. But they didn't. The fact they is, didn't. Elon did it and made it work, commercialised it, made it happen, and had great success. NASA was finished. Yeah, yeah, of course. NASA was finished. What? I mean, it was doing nothing. Yeah, 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 it was servicing an yeah, 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 yeah. international space station, which was just basically a toolbox in space. Okay. That was really it. Calm. You know, and, and that was all that was going on. And then finally, yes. we had someone who said, let's do it. Right. And he did it. And, you know, well done. Ex- exactly right. But there's also been 
such promises made. I think it's all to do with the, the, the marketing, the PR speak that Elon is so good at. You've got Tesla being able to drive from one end of America to the other end, self-driving completely on its own, which should have been here many, many, many years ago. And it's definitely going to happen. And we're seeing the auto drive assist, whatever they're calling it now, being recalled and being reclassed as a driver aid rather than a self-driving car because they simply can't deliver on that promise. And that's what everyone wants to buy in. I'm not saying Tesla is a terrible car. Of course not. It's a dream car. It's a, you know, Especially for a geek, everyone loves it. It's very futuristic. But if you're promising that all these are going to be driving around on their own and he can't deliver that, Waymo, things like that seem to be far more advanced, then that's a problem. And also, let's not forget about the disasters. Hyperloop was one of his ideas. That's been completely trashed now. And there was lots of um, scientists at the time saying, this can't possibly work. You can't have a vacuum that long of a stretch without serious safety concerns of collapsing. But so of, what? Well, the, the point is that this promising stuff and it not being delivered, in that sort of case, you can say, okay, whatever. But when you're promising things that have an effect on disabilities like this, on people's lives, on you can walk again, you can see again, I think you've got to be incredibly careful. And promising things uh, in that area... I think is far. You need to be far more cautious, and I don't think Elon is great at that. I think you've got to build up the hype. I think you've got to get investment; otherwise, it ain't going to work. You know, you can have you can have all the best ideas in the world. I mean, there's lots of people who've got great ideas, but you need investment behind it. So he will put his money in, but he needs investment as well. So that's where that promise comes from. Mm. Um, you know, if he doesn't achieve it, um, the disabled person's no worse off. Let's be honest about it. It's not as if anything's going to change for that. We're not harming people by doing mm, this. We're well, not changing you say that. Anything. How many people... <sighs> I'm waiting for a well, cure. Well, put it this way. If you don't get the brain implant, what happens? Well, what happens Whatever is that was going to happen would well, happen anyway. Yes, but then it changes. Your whole attitude to the disability, the, the acceptance of it, makes a huge difference of how you handle it. If you were just waiting there and waiting for the fix, you, you wouldn't leave the house. You wouldn't find workarounds. You wouldn't get on with your life. you just sit there in limbo waiting for someone to fix you. Listen, and I would agree with you 100%. Ah, thank you. That's Elon that. was, the, was, oh. the, was the only person in the world doing research into anything. But he's not. There are research programs into this going on all the time. Absolutely, there's all kinds of small projects, big projects, and research, research projects happening is incredibly important all over the place. And that's how we progress. I totally agree with you. Yeah. But so if you're if you're sitting, if, but if your argument is, well, you know, we, we don't want to go down this road because people might suddenly no. want it, no, and therefore they may be sitting there thinking, no. oh, well, you know, I might this might happen and my life will get better. That's going to happen anyway. My argument is that these. Companies or hope. spokesman, uh, hope is great, is fine. As long God as we haven't got much at the minute, so, I mean, any yeah, hope is good, right? Hope. hope is, uh, the world is amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my point is, is how this is marketed, how this is promoted. It's exactly what you said right at the start here. I don't want to make this into a clickbait as in, hey, we can, you know, the blind can now see. How many times have we seen that story? This may change and yeah, the blind I hate can see. Yeah, I hate exactly it. right. And we've seen that for many, many, many years. And I, I just hate to see this but I hate the again. headlines. I don't hate the people who are yeah, doing the Yeah, but Elon work. is behind these headlines, and I get no, 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 no. He I'm is. not interested in that. No, I'm, right. I'm, yeah, fine, but I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the research. I'm interested in the work that's being done. Yeah, and that's the bit I don't want to get 
lost in the Elon conference. That's exactly what I'm saying. The Elon headline gets in the way sometimes. It would almost be better, actually, if he wanted to do this, if he genuinely was about, and I'm, I don't doubt he has, he doesn't want to do things good, but he wants his name on it, right? Of He's course. like Trump. He wants his name on everything. There's nothing totally, wrong with that. Right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. But actually, if it starts, that's where the harm can come in because it gets in the way of the progress. People don't see the potential of anything. They just see the man. They say, if I either like him, or I don't like him, and you never see progress. And and the best thing he could do, actually, is walk away from this company or put someone in charge who is the face of it, and they talk. I because totally I think agree. then people might take it more seriously, to be perfectly honest. That's my point. When we talked about this neural implant, if I can say it, neural implant when it comes to vision loss, he was very much saying this is, oh, this is very exciting and this is looking very um, impressive or whatever he said, right? And then when you actually spoke to, we had a research paper or a statement from one of the scientists and researchers behind it. And they were saying, well, we are having reports of flashing, uh, flashes, bright flashes being picked up uh, through the visual cortex, which is a completely different, that's the facts of it. This isn't something, this is early stage research, which is again, absolutely fine. But if you're putting that forward, if Elon is putting that forward, like, yeah, this is, you know, very exciting, whatever. It's, it's different. You've got to be so cautious with this. Anyway, that's it. Feels like we're repeating ourselves. Sorry. And more, well, another study which might surprise you, and it suddenly surprised me when I read this, reporting here by uh, Zoe Kleinman for the BBC. Uh, she's written, Apple has attacked proposals for the UK government to pre-approve new security features introduced by tech firms. Now, under the proposed amendments to existing laws, if the UK Home Office declined an update, wait for this, it then would not be released in any other country and the public would not be informed. So the government is seeking to upgrade or update the Investigatory Powers Act of 2016. I must admit, it's a book I keep by my bedside. Um, <laughs> the Home Office said it supported privacy-focused tech, but added that it also had to keep the country safe. A government spokesman said, we have always been clear that we support technological innovation and private and secure communication technologies, including end-to-end -end encryption, but this cannot come at a cost of public safety. Apple says it is an unprecedented overreach by the UK government. We are deeply concerned the proposed amendments to this act, now before Parliament, place users' privacy and security at risk, said Apple in a statement. It's an unprecedented overreach by the government, and if enacted, the UK could attempt to secretly veto new user protections globally, preventing us from ever offering them to customers. Now, the Home Office told the BBC... It's critical that decisions about lawful access which protect the country from child sexual abusers and terrorists are taken by those who are democratically accountable and approved by Parliament. The existing act has been dubbed a snooper's charter by critics, and this is not the first time Apple has had lashed out against proposals to increase its scope. And we might remember back in July of last year when Apple said it might consider pulling FaceTime and iMessage from the UK rather than compromise future security. But this proposed UK law would go beyond just FaceTime and iMessage and encompass all Apple products. Which is very interesting. Um, yes, it's, it's a difficult one because as soon as you mention terrorism or, of course, anything to do with children, you immediately say anything for protection, anything for security, anything to keep people safe. But then... Rightly so. Are, are those powers being abused to where they shouldn't be? And we've seen many instances of governments overreaching 
and uh, abusing those sort of powers to snoop on people that aren't that shouldn't be. So it's really what we're talking about here is encryption, end to end encryption, right? I think that's the main mm. nub of this. So your messaging app, if you're using WhatsApp and you're talking to someone, only the person's device who you're talking to can unencrypt those messages. No one can, if someone snoops in the middle of it and hacks in and grabs your communication, they can't make head or tell of what you're actually saying because it's encrypted. Um, which is great for privacy and security. But if you're trying to get a criminal organization who's using something like this, then of course it's going to frustrate law enforcement. So I totally get it. But I, I, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think the UK government in particular have got not a great history with these sort of powers. And I can see where Apple are coming from, especially as they can veto the entire rest of the world. How does that even happen? Well, I think that's the bit that surprises me. You know, I could almost go with this to some extent, although this is a bigger debate, but I, I could almost see the, the point if it was just affecting UK residents and other parts of the world just carried on as normal. I mean, that's essentially what's happening with iOS 17.4's new update. Uh, you're going to get these new changes. We're going to be talking about this in more detail with someone who knows way more than I do about this. I really want to dig into this this whole thing about the EU and how it's changes are being implemented with app store, third-party stores, third-party payment options on the iPhone and all of that. I'm really intrigued to find out more about all this. So we're going to be mm. talking to someone about that soon. But, I, I, you know, that kind of overreach, which Apple might call it, um, is going to have an impact in the EU, but it won't have an impact in the US or Canada, right? But this is a different ball game. It is. Now, the question now is, who do you want in charge of this? And this is... I. I honestly don't know the answer. It's devil in deep blue sea is the way I look at it. You've got a company and you've got a country, a government of a country, which will be in charge of the security of, you know, whatever's going through these devices. And the question being, who can see your data? Do yes. you want the company to be able to see it? Or do you want the government of the country to be able to see it? I, I think most people, or not most, that's unfair. I think there's a lot of people today who would not trust the government. Yes. There's a lot of people who say this. I hear it more and more. I hear it from people who I often consider to be quite moderate speakers on topics, and they say, I don't trust the government on this. Don't trust it. Yeah. No, and absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not in the conspiracy camp. I'm not interested in that. But what I will say is I, I'm probably more against the company having access because I wonder what they're doing with the data. I mean, if it's selling it off to make money, okay, but that's not great. Um, not sure I like that idea. I, I mean, I'm not saying Apple would be doing that, but I'm just saying that that, that has happened before with other companies. Yes. Um, so I think it's a, it's a difficult question to ask who gets to decide who sees your data on the phone or who can see your data on the phone. And then, of course, the bigger question being, can that country then dictate the terms and affect other users? But a lot of questions in this. Exactly. But yeah, there's no black and white answer to this. How effective no. are, is law enforcement if they have these powers? Does it actually make a difference when it comes to terrorist attacks, keeping children safe online, uh, and anything else, or is it mainly used for things that it shouldn't be? Uh, we just don't know. And would we ever know? I'm not entirely sure. I got to say, I'm so annoyed by this sort of story as well. Uh, not by either side in particular, but there's also in the news as well that Meta are bringing in or trying to bring in a, a new tool for stopping inappropriate images being sent to children mm. and from children as well. So it's trying to cover that terrible area of the internet and particular social media, right, of, of children mm. being targeted. Absolutely. 
why are we still talking about this? The technology has been there for decades of being able to scan conversations, you know, look out for keywords, look out for images being sent to children from uh, from adults. Uh, why are we still talking about this? Why isn't this in place? Is this down to the tech companies themselves? Is it down to the um, digital liberties? Is this down to governments? This should be in place straight away. We, we're always... <sighs> We've got the technology now to to scan what an image is, scan what the conversation is being said, and we're using it like using AI to make limericks and summarize whatever notes. Why aren't we using this to keep people safe right now, specifically children? It drives me absolutely crazy. I saw this uh, article in the news over the last week. And, you know, oh, yeah, we're thinking about putting this feature out there, putting this tool available to everyone. This should have been there years ago to keep kids safe. Sorry, it's a bit of a... No, I, I get it. I, I think I think in a company from a company perspective, it's probably a profit. So you know, there's often it's often been said that companies are just not investing enough money and enough staff into content provision. I, I think this is also because the companies themselves, I mean, especially social media companies, I don't think understand them that they are content companies. Oh, they, they think know, they're they, a platform. They're doing that. No, no, no. They, they think they're a platform. They don't think they're content companies they don't see themselves mm, like. in the way that perhaps they should see themselves they are content companies yes you know in the same way that netflix is a content company no one would say well netflix I mean, netflix wouldn't say oh well you know that film might have been terrible but it's nothing to do with us you know it's like well no it is because you made it or you paid for it or you you know invested in I it i just think it was, i just think right? it's slightly dishonest of, of of tech companies especially social media companies when they can put so much research, so much R&D into those ads where it's at such a stage, those algorithms and cookie tracking of they know, oh, he looked at shoes yesterday on, or he asked his smart speaker or some other thing that you wouldn't connect to social media and suddenly mm-hmm. you're seeing a thousand adverts and it seems like magic and people come up with a conspiracy theory of, oh, I think they're listening to my conversations through the mic because I went on social media and it showed me this advert for this. I don't go with that. I don't believe that for one second. It's just the algorithms are so refined and so technically advanced that it can do that through just tracking different things you do in different apps and other places. That's that's the secret to this. That's the bit of this that people don't understand. It's way more nuanced than you think. Yes. Because it, it's about the search. I mean, people don't even realise what they probably search for online. They search for, you know, let's say, I think we made a joke one day of let's see what happens if we just shout diapers at the phone for the next half hour. Will I get ads for diapers? Now, Funnily enough, I didn't ever get an ad for diapers. No, no. I will today, obviously. Um, But (laughs) I didn't get them then. And it's because I didn't search online for them. I didn't go on a store and search for something like that. This is where it all comes in. You know, it all starts to feed through. And and like you say, all this. It's like magic. Combined. And not only that, not just yourself, members of your family. We were having a talk about going to the theatre recently. And uh, one of us was having, one of the kids was having a look through on Google. And I mentioned, oh, I'd love to see the Book of Mormon. I'd love to go and see that. But we never searched for that. I just said it. Um, I didn't search for that, I should say. I just said it. And then next news, when I went onto Facebook, there it was, you know, go and see Uh this and that. But it's because she, uh, my daughter actually searched for it on Google. Now, I I don't know how they know who's in my household on Facebook, but I'm going through my family associations. Maybe that's, but I know that's how it works. It's that advanced. But my point is- You're all going through the same internet connection, right? So maybe that alone is enough to just- Yeah, whatever it is. But that's how that works. And I get that. 
but they put so much work into something like that and that magic happens. And yet, when it comes to safety of particularly children, but you know, whoever, the vulnerable online, where is the effort going into that? And why are we still talking about that? And why is that so, oh yeah, we're, we're not sure if we're overreaching here. Well, you're overreaching with your advertising tracking if you want to go that far and what you <laughs> yeah. do with people's data. Yet keeping people again, safe. this is my point. It's about money. You know, people say, oh, oh, they're listening to us. They're listening to us. Yeah, so they can make money off you. Yeah. That's what they want to do. They're not interested. You know, this is kind of an, I know this is probably not a popular view, but there is a, there is a logic to this. I, I admit it's probably a bit of a strange argument, but I'd probably rather have a company rather than a government look after my data in that sense, because at the worst case, all they're going to do is sell my data to make money and sell more stuff to me. No, I say yeah. the worst case, because like I say, this is not one of these arguments that I'm really making. I'm just kind of stating it as a, a logical viewpoint. Yeah, that no, is, I'm with you. I got you. You know, the, the, that is probably the height of it. They want to make money off me. So they want me to buy more stuff. And I've got to say, it does help in a lot of ways when you're buying products, because things get put in front of you actually want. Think about when you listen to the radio or you watch the television, ads just appear for random stuff. And you think, I'm not interested in any of this. But online, that's not the case. The ads are relevant to you, and it's like, that. wow, I'm I'm quite yeah, happy I'm if quite it's quite relative to me. That. Okay, that actually, that, I see that as a benefit. And so I totally get that. But but what I don't want, what I don't want to happen, and this is the fear I think of governments getting involved, is that someone then turns up at the door and says, "Hey, you tweeted this picture of blah, and uh, that's against our political viewpoint in this country." Which so happens you in can't the UK. By the way. I had a member back in the days, now I try to remember the year, 2014, Scotland had a, a referendum on independence. And the amount of stories that came out of that, of people, and it was the first time I'd heard of this, especially in this country, of police turning up at people's doors, questioning tweets that they had sent. Yeah, absolutely. Even the police were like, I can't believe we're doing this, but they had to do it. They were told, no, we have, we've been, and, and people were saying, who sent you? Yeah. Who, who who decided this was not appropriate? Because no one complained, but you know because they had you know made as I mean I don't think it was anything particularly horrific, but it was you know they'd made a statement or said something nasty to someone who was on the other side of the argument, and it was it was you know calling someone out or whatever it was, but that was deemed inappropriate, and the police got involved, and this is I think the bit that fears people because we don't want to become that kind of place. I mean this is all very nineteen eighty four. It is, and the UK has become and that kind of place when it comes to be, being held responsible. At the moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's camera city. I mean, you can't turn a corner without a camera watching it. Again, I, I don't have a problem with that. Though. That's that's the thing. It's 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 so nuanced, well, the, right? Yeah, it's but so... hang on. But I get that, and I'm with you on this to some degree, right? Because I think, well, look, if you're doing nothing wrong, I'm not sending dodgy pics to anybody. I'm not taking dodgy pics. I mean, I don't think I'd be able to. Um, <laughs> let's not go there. Please, but, you know, stop. Yes, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Um, but the point being that you know, I'm not going to do that. So in a way, you think, well, if there's nothing to, if you're not doing anything wrong, what's to worry about, right? That's often the argument. Yes. That's often the the case. And and I've felt that generally. For a long I time. agree with that. But then there are so many examples of someone who's taken a picture or someone who's sent a picture or something, and it has been perfectly innocuous. And like you say, this technology that's meant to grab it and analyze it and say, okay, this is what this is, has got it horribly wrong. And then people are left in really bad situations. And I just think that, that it, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And when it does happen, it, it could destroy someone's livelihood, their work or whatever. Who knows? 
accusations, false accusations about whatever it was that was sent or done. That's the danger. So I know you want to trust the tech to go so far to be able to take control of this, but I think we maybe don't want to go down that route too early. I think a, I don't know. a simple still, blocking of... Whether, yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I, equally, I'm with you. I want to keep kids safe. I mean, I'm, I don't have kids, right? And I think, God, if I had kids, I, I'd just be constantly panicking, I think, because I just think, what are they, what are they seeing online? It's, it's just, what are they able to access? It's just horrifying. It's terrifying. A, if a company me. is able to track what a person is doing online to an, to an extent, when, I, when I'm talking about advertising, of where they are, what their interests are, the conversations that are having elsewhere, the searches that they're doing, then I'm just saying, can't that be turned around on a safety point of view for their can we, interactions can we just, can we, with other can people? Can we start? Can we just start with being able to not visit pornography sites? Just like, you know, go to a web browser, open up, there's porn. Can we just start there? Could we fix that so that kids just can't access horrific images online. I mean, never mind sending the images. They just do a Google search. Well, they just do a Google search. Yeah, that's a different conversation, I suppose, though, about what is appropriate. And uh, there is, yeah, that's a I tricky I mean, that's one. the point, right? It's, it's like if you're saying, well, you know, I, I don't want kids, uh, we obviously don't want kids to see horrible images, but also these kids can just go off and be either, either visit this themselves or, you know, they're with a kid in school and the kid says, hey, look at this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's, I, yeah. that, is ha- that is happening. And a lot of kids might not want to say it, it's happening, but it's happening. And you know what's worse? The, the parents, supposed parents, don't know what's going on. Yeah. And, they, you know, and it really irritates me when parents say, oh, I don't know what he does on that phone. I, he just sits there all night. And I'm thinking, you've got no idea what he does on that phone? Are you kidding me? I'd have that phone so locked down, he'd have to put a passcode in to make a phone call. <laughs> Uh, again, though, I mean, I'm sorry, but I just wouldn't be having it. I'd be like, no, come on, you, you're the parent. The you've responsibility got to take some responsibility you. I here. That, I get that, but I also feel that the tech companies have responsibility at, at a roots level, at the core, the foundation, to make sure that this, if an inappropriate conversation is going on, that that should be blocked and marked immediately, because yeah. they're they're at the root and having to install family permissions and family safety protocols on the, on some parents could be out of their technical know-how. Simple as that. Yeah, well, that's that's a garbage argument, and I'm sorry. How but I, I, I just, dare you? No, I'm sorry. I, I have no interest in that argument because I think, you know what, what you're saying to me is you don't care. If you're saying to me you can't figure out, you can, you can sit there all day and night. You Instagram and Facebook, you can install the apps, you can set your accounts up, you can get onto Etsy and you can download your whatever. You can do all that, but you can't go into settings and turn on restrictions on your kid's phone. Give me a break. Uh, yeah, but there's, Just a, do it. there's always ways around. There's always workarounds for all these restrictions. If it's at the core it level, at the yeah, service but, but, level, they can. Yeah, but but most kids, I, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. Kids could maybe find their way around it. But, you know, you put a passcode on it, for example, I guess, you can probably not get around it as easily. Do you remember those? The point is, it's better to it's better to try. I mean, look, it's a bit like saying, well, you know, there's no point locking the door because if someone wants to break in, they'll just break in. Well, yeah, but also if you lock the door, there's a good chance that it'll take them a bit longer and a bit a bit harder to get in the front door. I agree. Would it not with just you. be better to lock the door. I don't. Yeah, I agree with you that you've got to take responsibility for your kids and their safety. You brought these kids into the world. You can't be bothered to look after them. All right. What's wrong with people? Wow, that went all a bit ranty, didn't it? 
I remember having a lock on my dial phone so I couldn't call a party line. <laughs> I had, I had, you were probably the same. I remember having the party lines. I used to uh, have to, the kids, this is a true story. I used to have to ask my mother to come off the phone so that I could connect to the internet. Oh. And I was allowed five minutes a day. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Five minutes. And the thing was, and it always happened, I'd be in the middle of downloading whatever it was. Yeah. And of course, downloading, forget it. I mean, it took forever to, I mean, you could, to download a picture, took about three days. But, you know, if you were downloading a file, something, whatever it was, you would, even a web, I mean, actually, thinking back, it was downloading a web page. That was the thing that you were doing, really. You were downloading a web page. You go to BBC News or whatever it was, and it would take ages to load. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the point was, halfway through it, my mum would pick up the phone to continue her phone call and it would cut me off. Yeah, exactly. So I'd get like half the page. It was just, oh, it was so ridiculous. Wow, so I feel ridiculous. old. Anyway, we must take a break. Um, but uh, yeah, feedback at Double Tap on Air.com. <laughs> Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap on Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. And it's a special week for us because we are launching on YouTube. You might have caught our first episode, our inaugural episode, oh. our premiere, Oof. you might call it, on YouTube. Uh, yeah, not quite um, what? Not quite Starship uh, Wars or whatever it is that's on Netflix. <laughs> But um, Starship Wars, okay. Starship Wars. Uh, yeah, I watch it every week. Number one show. Fail. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hugely popular. Um, Trekkie Troopers or whatever it was. Called. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, whatever the thing was. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, not that. So uh, we are going to be publishing a number of other episodes this week, and today we have another episode for you. Oh, it's a special treat this week. Uh, we'll normally be posting on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, but as it's the first week, we thought we'd get started and get diving into those topics today. Uh, just after the show here, we're going to be uh, talking about the subject of seeing blindness. Oh, So what I mean by this is uh, essentially simulation glasses or using simulation aids to uh, try and give sighted people the sense of what it's like to be blind or low vision or have certain eye conditions. And I have some thoughts oh. around the um, the use of these. What could possibly be the problem with using sim specs, Stephen Scott? Well, if you tune into YouTube, you'll find out <laughs> because I will tell you. So check it out, 1 o'clock Eastern on uh, YouTube. And, of course, you can always catch it at any time on YouTube. Just search for our channel, Double Tap Video, on uh, YouTube. That's where you'll find us. And uh, you can also get the link from our website, Double Tap On Air. Dot com. Go search it out and uh, tell us your thoughts. You can email us. Uh, I think you're going to be quite busy on the emails. I think <laughs> I'm just, I would just leave the outlook open. I would just leave it open all the time because you're going to be you're going to be writing more emails. Um, we'll get to them in a minute, but I want to get to Robin Christopherson, good friend of the show, who got in touch with us to share some thoughts on speaking of YouTube, accessing YouTube the way he does it. Um, you might remember Robin got in touch a while ago with a demo about accessible YouTube Pro, uh, or sorry, accessible YouTube Downloader Pro is the name of the app. Uh, for Windows. He's got a bit of an update for that, and he also wants to share his thoughts on tea. Hi there, guys. It's Robin here. In a recent episode, Sean and Stephen were discussing black tea 
and whether it exists or not uh, in its own right. Well, I can confirm that you are both correct, because here in the UK, we have, quotes, tea, normal tea, and we have other teas like herbal teas, like chamomile and mint and licorice and green tea and uh, red bush and stuff like that. So when people talk about tea, they mean normal tea. But on the continent and maybe other places in the world too, normal tea, in quotes, they all call black tea. So you've got black tea, green tea, red red bush, you know, um, red tea, maybe, um, chamomile, all that kind of other jazz. And I know this because we had a very confusing conversation when we went to a German couple's friend's house and they said, would you like tea? And we said, yes, please. And they said, black tea. And we said, no, with milk. No, but do you want black tea? Um, no, with milk, please. <laughs> and it was a circular conversation until we realised that they were talking about the type of tea, not whether it had milk in it or not because I'd never heard of black tea, as Sean said, in any other, or was it Stephen, sorry, in any other terms except meaning without milk, please. So, um, yeah, you've got black tea, with or without milk, and it seems to have equal footing, equal billing, with green, red bush, you know, all the others as types of tea. So there isn't like a default tea, um, certainly not in their kind of uh, terminology anyway. So black tea... Yes, do you want sugar or milk with it, etc., etc. So, yeah, um, that's why it was really confusing. And very quickly, I want to revisit Accessible YouTube Downloader, which I did a demo of um, ages ago now. But just to revisit it, because I realised that when you are in the video player, then there are some additional... Um, controls or kind of functions which I didn't cover before and I wanted just to uh, revisit those and the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't watch YouTube videos that often but when I do it's always with this Windows desktop accessible YouTube downloader app free app um, but I did want Judith my wife to look at a video so I sent her the link I said oh let's have a look at this on the iPad nightmare absolute nightmare because it opened YouTube, understandably, every two minutes, an ad. In a 10 minute video, there was four ads and it was just driving me crazy. How can anyone watch a video with ads randomly inserted? So that just did my head in. So, um, and I was apologizing to have put her through that as well. She doesn't usually watch stuff on YouTube either. So if you are on Windows and you do want to watch YouTube videos, um, then this is definitely my recommended way of doing it. So we've got the app open at the moment. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. So um, I demoed how to search for videos. It's very simple. Just control F. Search dialog. Search on YouTube edit. And if I do GCN for Global Cycling, Cycling Network. Dialog. Searching. <laughs> Searching. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. Search results colon list box. What's it like to ride the world's biggest B-Trace? Duration colon. Oh, B-Trace. That sounds good. So we'll do that one. And it tells you the duration, it tells you who it was by, GCN, and how many views and that sort of thing. And you can just hit enter to fire it up. I was aware that when I was demoing this last time, particularly because it's called Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro, that I was kind of implying that you would use it to grab videos primarily. But 
I mean, it's really good in itself as just being a YouTube player as well. So if I hit enter. Dialogue, playing, playing, accessible YouTube downloader I'm lining up against 3,000 other cyclists. I'm about to race down the biggest beach I have ever seen in my life. I'm in the biggest beach race in the world. Egmont, Pierre Egmont. I haven't got a clue what I've got. But... I hit spacebar there. And I've had fun recently um, getting Be My AI to recognise on the screen, you know, what's on the screen now, what's on the screen periodically throughout as well. And there is a JAWS way of doing that. I'm using JAWS here, uh, picture smart with uh, insert spacebar, then P for picture smart, then C for control, and it'll um, analyse the screen because it's just a, a full screen control, i.e. a video running full screen. Um, and as I mentioned in an email follow-up to my last demo, you can hit control one through to zero to go through the 10% marks. So if I do control five, then we're now in the middle of the video. If I hit space. This has been... <laughs> so we're now halfway through the video and obviously you can use left and right arrows. Up and down arrows do the volume as well. But the thing I didn't show you last time, which is really useful, is shift F10. Menu bar, video options menu, download submenu, D. And here we've got download and here you can, you know, have different download options as well. The video, the audio in different formats, etc. If I carry on arrowing down. Direct download dot 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 control plus D D. Control D will do a direct download. Video description control plus shift plus D V. So this is really interesting. Control shift D or just hit enter on this and we get a description of the video, which is obviously really important. Let's do that. Menu bar, leaving menus. What's it like to ride the world's biggest V-Trace? Dash accessible YouTube downloader pro. Video description dialogue. Description colon read only edit. And I'll just do a say line. There's beach races, and then there's the biggest beach bike race in the world. Dash Eggman dash peer dash Eggman dash a Dutch giant. Who better to send to race it than our own Irish giant dash Connor Dunn? And I'll arrow down. Starting from Boulevard Nord and Eggman's AA and... So that gives you the whole description of escape. Edit. And do shift F10 again. Menu bar. Comments dot 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 control plus shift plus J. Comments. Control shift J. These are brilliant. Leaving menus. What's it like to ride the world's umbrella on ground? Commented by a GCN. One of 20. So at the top, it's got like a GCN comment. There's always like a comment from them. I'm not sure why it says umbrella on the ground. It's a very small comment there. But if I arrow down. Great effort dash with a permanent smile. Gotta love Connor's approach to these events. Commented by a Jamie Farrell 6400. <laughs> arrow down again. Those beach bikes, which look like modern hardtails with rigid forks, are really interesting. Would love to know more about them. And, and I'll just stop it there. So that's a really important one that I didn't cover before. If I hit escape. And do shift F10 again. Menu bar, video options, video, direct video description, comments, dot, 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 control plus, copy video link, control plus L, C. So we've got a couple more. You can copy the video link. Open in browser, control plus B. O. Open it in YouTube. Settings, dot, 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 alt plus S, S. And settings, which you can get to from the main screen as well. Download submenu. And we're back to the top. There you go. Just wanted to add that uh, bit of functionality. So it's not, well, it can be for downloading YouTube videos uh, to watch offline or later, but I pr primarily use it for watching YouTube videos live without any ads. And apologies again, if that's contrary to T's and C's, etc. I know it's not the same thing, but the only videos I do watch on YouTube are GCN and I buy their merch. So I kind of support them in a different way. You can get Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro from GitHub free of charge. Just search for Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robin. And uh, you can check out uh, that uh, review Robin did before on our website. Just search for YouTube on our uh, website, doubletaponair.com. There's a link in there as well in that article, which will take you to the webpage to download the app. Uh, I must admit, whenever anyone says GitHub, I always get a little bit nervous. Yes. It's like, what am I downloading? <laughs> it's a little bit um, complicated to navigate GitHub. But yeah. You'll find but it. This one's actually not too bad because it's pretty simple what you're downloading. It's just one yeah. file. That is your installer file. Um, Shift F10 as well. That's the uh, applications key for, for some. But I, I, it's interesting that Robin says Shift F10 because uh, the way things are going with Microsoft, I think that's really yes. we're going to have to get used to using Shift F10, <laughs> uh, which brings up the context menu. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. I think it's, it's one of those apps I kind of hope just never gets shelved. I hope it stays. That's what worries me, though. This whole skipping the ads is the only reason that YouTube may shut it down. And that would yeah. be a real shame because, as Robin demonstrated there, from an accessibility point of view, it's fantastic. Getting the video description, which is nothing to do with AI, by the way, it's just whatever they write for describing the mm. video in text form, is really difficult on a smartphone. It doesn't work well on the iPhone. Going through the comments isn't great either on the iPhone or even on uh, the Windows side either through the website. It's not a great accessible experience. So that is key for me that makes such a difference especially if there's links and things in the description that you can actually access fantastic i love this app yeah i must admit i I, this has made me want to spend more time in youtube and i think the way to solve this problem would be for them to embed in the ability to sign into your account because i think that would endear themselves to youtube for sure you know i pay for a premium account so i'd like to use it and I see a lot of comments from people who've used this who say, I'd love to use, because it's not just that, it's not just skipping the ads or, or not having the ads. That's, I mean, that's one reason to pay for premium. But of course, you have an account. So you can then sign into that account and you can access, you know, all, all of your history, playlists, whatever you've decided to build up. I, yeah. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of that stuff, if I'm honest, because I didn't really play much with uh, YouTube. I always get lost in the website and I just, I find it really difficult to navigate. But... You know, with an app like that, it is so much easier. So, um, yeah, let's hope that continues for a long time. As I say, maybe that's the way to to solve it. Because um, you know what, I think I think if you want premium, and you don't want ads, you should pay for it because everyone else is. Yeah, true. simple as that. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Robin. Brilliant. And on the T point, uh, yeah, I think I think it is a Scottish versus English so no English uh, world. I think it's Scotland versus the world <laughs> again. <laughs> and as usual. Uh, since we invented half the world, just to say, oh. um, you know, I, I think it's right that we, uh, well, we did. All right. Those are my things that Scotland has invented. Over. Oh, do you want to bring a go. list tomorrow? Here I'm going go. to get a list. Yes, please. The television. Freedom. Yeah, okay. all that. Right. Well done. Uh, look, at the end of the day, we were <laughs> Stephen both Stephen Braveheart right. Scott. Away. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. Just call me William Wallace. Uh, right, listen, time for a couple of emails. Uh, Dean in New Zealand, he's not happy with you. No. Typical. No. Hi, Stephen, Laura, and Long Nose Jim. I trust you all had a terribly exciting Christmas and New Year's celebrations and that you all got loose as a goose on the juice. <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed your Christmas Day show, plus the replay of the HomePods episode and the Louis Braille two-hour spectacular. What I didn't enjoy was when Long Nose Jim was giving a demonstration with learning Braille apps. Why, oh, why does he feel the need to add corny and cringeworthy sound effects? It's very off-putting and doesn't enhance the demo in any shape or form. It's bad enough when the media do this all the time with also cringy, ridiculous puns. This act isn't clever or smart. It's immature, actually, and that is the sole reason why I don't listen to Long Nose Jim's podcast. It would probably be a really good podcast otherwise. 
I look forward to 2024 unravelling with technology that will be unleashed on us all. It will certainly be interesting to see new features that may come to Be My AI. I'm totally in love with that function on Be My Eyes. It has just changed my life in so many ways. I'm sure you would all be asleep slumped over your devices if I listed the different situation I've used Be My AI. Speak again soon. Cheerio for now. Dean. Well, uh, I only have two words. I only have two words. Sean Priest. Yes. That's my two words. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can only say how dare you, Dean? Um, No, absolutely. Okay. If uh, you don't like it, that's absolutely fine. Cringing sound no, effects. No, come on. I, I can't... Fight back. I, I'm trying to think what cringy sound effects I've used. I mean... Uh, the I've, baby one. I've I remember that a lot. Was, was there funny. a baby one in there? There's a baby in there, yeah. I apologise, yes, but uh, you know what? That, that's who I am, and maybe I am just immature and, and silly. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> well, we love it. <laughs> it's fine, Sorry, Dean. Dean. I, I apologise, Dean, if you didn't like it, but... um. Yeah. Well, you know me. what? This is the this is the joy of double tap. Yes. You're allowed to not like things. Yes. That's okay. I still But the fact is you're still listening, Dean, so you must like something. Uh, he, he likes you and everyone else. That's the I thing. I don't think he likes me either, but I, I, well, yeah, not many people like me. <laughs> they like you mostly, I think. That's how it works. We're still interested in Long Nose Jim, by the way. The the still wanting to know the, the, the origins yeah. of that. So, yeah, I don't know if we do, though, do we? Yeah, I, I think about do, it. Let's, let's, let's leave it. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Thank you, Dean. Uh, a lot of reading our emails, of course. Uh, Greg is back in touch. I've only used the original Revo, and it allows you to enter text without voiceover on, but I have never done it as I need voiceover. The hardware for the original Revo was designed for sighted people using Windows phones and was repurposed when that platform died. As far as recording phone calls, I believe the Revo 3 is the only model that can do. The Revo 2 lets you route the audio from the phone, but I don't think it will record it. For my use case, the reason for the Revo is portability and easy short text entry. For longer text entry, a QWERTY keyboard is much faster. For me, Revo is faster and more accurate than on-screen keyboard use, and my Braille skills are rudimentary. Proficient Braille users, I suspect, can do fine with Braille screen entry. My two cents on YouTube double tap? I am unlikely to take the trouble to find you on YouTube. I would listen if you put the audio from it on your podcast feed, or maybe even on the AMI app. YouTube, no. Double tap is a very unsavoury search term on that platform. I really don't think it's your best idea. From Greg in Pennsylvania. Well, <laughs> you know what I love from Greg is you never get through an email without a pop. You never get through one without just a little jab. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm going to just give you a, a little slap in the little face just to there. remind you I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Greg. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Double tap is maybe not the best search term on YouTube, as I've learned myself recently. Uh, <laughs> But just search double tap video. Uh, hopefully that isn't equally a horrific search, but I don't know. You know, that's the name of the show. So, you know. We'll monitor it and uh, make sure we're it's okay. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that. Oh, look, at the, at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? There's, but I have put the link on to the uh, doubletaponair.com website. So if you don't want to go through the hassle of searching for it, in case you think you might come up against anything unsavoury, then you can just get the link direct from there. So do check it out from there. Uh, but I did say this the past couple of days as well, there is going to be the best of YouTube on the podcast, so you can listen if you don't want to go near YouTube. That is fine too. Yes. Um, as for the Revo 2, see, that was the comment I was asking uh, Greg, I think last week about this, you know, what he can do, because I think we had uh, one of our listeners was looking for a way to record, was it Callum was looking for a way to record calls? Yes if possible. Um, I didn't know the Revo 2 even had, or Revo 3 even had that kind of functionality. I wouldn't have thought that. I know you can have the call audio 
transfer, as you say, on the Revo 2. That was one of the most interesting things about that device it was. for me. Um, but I, I think it's just the money for what it is. I don't know. I, I, again, it's one of those things that I, if they sent me one to play with, I'd, you know, like the Hable one or the Orbit Rider, I'd be happy to try it out and, you know, probably fall in love with it and be like, you've got to buy this thing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. Never tried it. So it's a considered it. but purchase, thank you, Greg. but it could make a big difference. So, uh, Lena's been in touch. Stephen and Sean, this is Lena. And the first thing I want to say about today's show, it was another fun, delightful, good show. <laughs> The quick way to get to your NVDA commands list is NVDA key plus N, then H, then Q. That's NVDA key plus N as in November, H as in help, Q as in queen. Yes, I do think the Disability Answer Desk would have helped you. They have helped me many times, and I don't use narrator. <gasps> but I don't say anything disparaging about narrator when I call them. I just say that I'm using whatever I'm using and that I'm more comfortable with it. That's never been a problem, and I have found them to be very helpful, especially when Microsoft Windows updates break things. That's where you're talking watch, Stephen. I wonder if it sounds any better than my $10 little clock I bought from FutureAids. I'll let you decide. That's nice. I do like this little clock because it tells me the time and temperature. It's easy to set. It has the hourly announce feature. It has alarms. It's reliable, and it's very easy to change the batteries. And the way it lets me know about two weeks before it's going to want new batteries is it starts talking slowly. <laughs> Both of you have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Lena. Appreciate your uh, emails and your calls as always. And uh, yeah, we were talking, of course, about NVDA and some of the, the issues we were having. Uh, Lena picking up on those. Quick command list. Yeah, absolutely right. In the NVDA menu, as she said, in, under help, you have the quick command list. Totally forgot about that, Lena. Thank you so much. That's really, uh, really helpful, that one. Uh, final word from Mary Hart, who got in touch on the subject of scary AI. Hello. You were talking about AI and how it started to learn a different language without having that language put into the AI mm. system. I read a story on Apple News where they didn't know that the iteration of AI they were working on knew anything about creating bombs, yet it gave a detailed description on how to create one. That, to me, is scary when they can say they don't know how it works, so we don't know what it knows. Mary Hart. Yeah, that's the terrifying bit. It, it, when it starts to get so intelligent that it can, you know, come up with information without you even putting the information in, 
Uh, yeah, th- at that point, I'm buying a, a ranch in Montana, <laughs> and I am never leaving it ever again. I'm going to David Letterman my life. Because, um, uh, yeah. I'm off grid. No thanks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm off grid. Goodbye. Um, that's it for today. Uh, thank you so much for your comments, as always. Thanks for your thoughts. And thanks to Robin, of course, for his fantastic demo, as always. Amazing. Uh, we are back uh, tomorrow with lots more. And don't forget, of course, we're up on uh, YouTube next with even more. Uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of using uh, simulation glasses to enable sighted people to understand what it's like to be blind or have low vision. What's your take on that? Well, you'll find out mine on YouTube in just a minute. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube right now. Don't forget, you can go to our website for all of our stories and articles. There's reviews on there as well. Tons of content to go and check out, all with audio and video. You can check it all out at doubletaponair.com. Sean and I are back tomorrow. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.